0: It's Showtime. Don't say it. Please, don't say it.
1: No, I have to say it, Mitch.
0: Showtime. Showtime! It's Showtime, everybody! Showtime!
1: Hello, and welcome back to the Showtime Movie Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Show, and thank you so much for listening, as always. I can't believe, honestly, that we are here at the end of December. I'm releasing this podcast on December 24th, so you're listening to this on either Christmas Eve or later. And it's just been it's been a busy year full of movies and work stuff and I I'm it's been it's been so exciting at times, it's been hard at times, I'm sure for a lot of people. But you know what, we're at the end of 2019, but before we say goodbye to 2019, we have been lucky enough to get one more crack at a Star Wars movie. Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker is now in theaters. We're just coming out of the first weekend of showing, so maybe you've seen it already. Maybe you haven't. I'm going to talk about it in a couple of ways in this, in this review, in this episode. I'm going to have my own review for about 15 minutes or so. We'll give a little bit of thoughts, some spoiler-filled thoughts. So if you have not seen the movie and you don't want to be spoiled, then you should not listen to this review. But if you have watched it already and you want to just get a little more, you want to talk about it a little more, you want to get a little more information on it, I have my review for the first little chunk here, and then we take a quick break, and then when we come back, we have uh, two of my favorite people in studio, Mark Ujon and Chris Morrison, both of my friends my coworkers, they're podcasters themselves. So they joined me in studio as well to talk about Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. They're huge Star Wars fans. Mark went to the convention with me in Chicago earlier this year. Chris is a Star Wars trivia champion. It's really awesome. Those guys are just absolute beauties. So I'm glad they agreed to come in studio with me, you know, two days before Christmas, essentially, and uh, talk about our favorite movie franchise, Star Wars. So those guys are great. So that's kind of the that's kind of the roadmap for this episode. Pretty simple stuff, right? I mean, no uh, no Netflix discussion beforehand, no Disney Plus discussion beforehand. We get into a lot of that stuff with Chris and Mark, anyway. So without further ado, here is my review of Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker. get to the review itself i just want to practice the review with two things the first of which is i have interacted with star wars in a very personal way over the course of my life okay i have a star wars tattoo i have been to five star wars conventions all over north america okay i have countless star wars merchandise posters t-shirts i'm all in with the star wars franchise okay i think i have the ability for the most part to give an unbiased review for a lot of other franchises, whether it's Marvel, or you want to go to Harry Potter, or Lord of the Rings, you look at individual movies, Martin Scorsese things, whatever, you know, I just I listed that because we, you know, the Irishman just came out and we talked about it recently on this podcast. But what I'm saying is, I'm not always super unbiased when it comes to star wars as a franchise and as individual movies okay i think it's really important to say that because maybe you'll be looking for something in this review that's not going to necessarily be there which i just think it's important to know ahead of time but still i love talking about star wars and i love talking about it with you guys and with other people and so on okay the other thing to note is that i like the last jedi okay i'm one of the people who like the creative decisions made in the last jedi i think the last jedi is my fourth favorite star wars movie behind the, the original trilogy. It's important to state that because that, I think, for a lot of people, me not like—or me liking, pardon me, The Last Jedi means that maybe I would think a certain way or go into The Rise of Skywalker thinking certain things, whereas if I had disliked The Last Jedi, maybe that would change what you might expect from this review, okay, if that makes sense. But I just think it's important to have that two bits of knowledge, those two kernels of knowledge— going into this review, which which is that I, I have interacted and, and continue and will always interact with Star Wars on a very personal level because of what it means to me, and also because of The Last Jedi and me liking it, okay? So what I did for this review is I decided to just make kind of some pros and cons, and this is, this, this is going to be a spoiler-filled review. So if you don't want to get spoiled for this review, I suggest you look elsewhere. There are some aspects to this film that are not important, whether you know them going into it, and there are definitely some aspects to this that if you have not seen it, you would want to find out for yourself. So if you would like to find out for yourself, watch the movie, then come back and we can have this discussion, right? And you can uh, listen to me talk to you guys about it. And then with, later on, we have uh, Mark Goujon and Chris Morrison coming out. So you can hear the three of us talk about that as well. Just as another kind of uh, preamble, right? But let's get into the review. Pros and cons. Pros, okay? So there are a lot of individual aspects that I liked about The Rise of Skywalker, it's a bumpy ride to the finish line, no matter how you look at it, whether you like The Rise of Skywalker or not. I think that this movie is a little uneven in terms of storytelling. It is, firstly, stuffed to the brim. It is stuffed to bursting with action. And while that is sometimes a good thing, I think for Star Wars, which sometimes, not, not sometimes, definitely always at moments has more thoughtful, quiet moments, and there doesn't really seem to be virtually any of those in this film, because even in mo- moments where things aren't blowing up, you have aspects of this movie that, like, e- even critical plot information pieces are being passed along to you, the viewer, and, you know, there's MacGuffins and beacons and sensors and all sorts of things, and that stuff is fine, right? It's just that because of it, there's no time to breathe, and I, I almost feel like J.J. J. Abrams, who returns to direct this movie from The Force Awakens after not mit- directing The uh, Last Jedi, I just feel like he thought that was more of action was more of a good thing when in fact i think i would have appreciated more time to explain certain things right for example how does palpatine return we don't know okay how did he build this like Sith fleet of a thousand star destroyers apparently we don't know why does every star destroyer have a planet destroying cannon now so they have a hundred or a thousand death stars now i don't know right and those are the kind of things that really bothered me because it feels like upon giving this film any scrutiny it does not hold up to inspection. There are a lot of individual moments I absolutely love that might be right up there for my favorite Star Wars moments ever. Kylo Ren, or not even Kylo Ren, Ben Solo speaking to his dad in a memory. Love it. Love Harrison Ford's appearance in this movie. You know, Carrie Fisher being having her, her unused footage from The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi being worked around. I thought it worked for the most part. I thought it was relatively respectful. And that you know i like that too I, I didn't i don't know if that it was it was a key part of this movie because i feel like it's not really what the movie is about not that it's not about leia but it's, it's about these new characters not about the old characters but considering she had passed away in real life i thought it was a fairly respectful way to treat and handle her death in real life right and we see what happens with leia in the movie i thought that was not also a kind of integral way for her character to go out You know, we got to see Luke and Leia, a training flashback. That was really cool. Rey being trained by Leia in the present as well. Also really neat. Finn apparently is Force-sensitive, right? I mean, we'll get to Finn and Poe here in a second. But that aspect of Finn's character I thought was kind of interesting. I I enjoyed, in a general sense, seeing the three main characters together for most of this adventure. They were not really together for really most of The Last Jedi and that was fine in the moment, but I, I realized how much I enjoyed seeing the three main characters just be together. And that was very that was a nice, pleasant uh, change for the, the, the uh, rise of Skywalker. Um, other characters' stuff, and then we'll get off the character-related uh, issues, but C-3PO, Anthony Daniels returned. I mean, he was in all of them, but he was given more of a front and center aspect to this movie, and his humor was surprisingly good. I didn't realize how much I had missed it until I actually saw it in this film. He was fantastic. Uh, Lando as I mentioned Lando Calrissian Bill, Billy D. Williams he was great he had some oddly sexual lines especially towards the end of the movie I think that's just Billy D. Williams natural charisma because there are some aspects to this movie that got cut out if that makes sense I think probably for time and because they cut that out and not the end the end scene that we did see in the movie with him t- talking to Janna the new character it seemed kind of like he was saying like he basically goes to see and she, he learns that she's an orphan, and I think the plot that was cut out was that she was Lando's daughter who was stolen by the First Order and raised to be a stormtrooper before she defects, and that's fine, not, I have no problem with that, but because they cut out most of that subplot from the movie, you really only see the last scene where Lando kind of gives her a kind of, kind of a sexual smile and goes, well, let's find out together about your past, shall we? And I, all I could think of was, is he saying, I'm your daddy? Or is he saying, I'm your daddy? I I, just—I don't know. I got that weirdo vibe from that. And I definitely laughed aloud at at a scene that perhaps was not supposed to be funny. But hey, there you go. Uh, But back to the new characters. um, Zori Bliss and Babu Freak. Zori Bliss, who apparently gives a bit of a backstory. She seems to be a bounty hunter or a spice runner or something like that. She gives a bit of a backstory to Poe. I, I would love to see her fleshed out more in the EU and Babu Freak, the Droid Smith puppet puppet character. But still, oh my gosh, he is my favorite, my new favorite part of this movie. He was hilarious. The whole like the Droid is a That was great. I mean, my kingdom for more Babu Freak content, please. Right, a lot of lot of good individual stuff. Ray's new lightsaber at the end, but then again, that's also a con because we don't get to see Ray's new lightsaber basically for this whole movie. I mean, I could go on and on and on and on. Okay, I love a lot of this movie. And then I mentioned the things I disliked about the Star Destroyers and not explaining things about Palpatine. And the really the thing, I, the two things I hated the most. I could look past a lot of that other stuff because, after all, the, the just the sheer delight of being in a movie theater watching a new Star Wars movie was, I think, enough to overcome a lot of aspects of this. But Ray being a Palpatine, my God, pardon my language, but that is some fan fiction bullshit. Honestly, it invalidates the idea that the Force can come from anywhere. And instead means that in order to be a powerful force user, you basically have to be a Skywalker or now apparently a Palpatine. And, and I really hate that because whatever you think of The Last Jedi, the one aspect, the one aspect of that movie that I think everyone was relatively high on was the idea that the force can come from anywhere. Rey was a nobody because you don't have to be some royal lineage force using family in order to be part of the force because the force belongs to everyone it is everywhere it is in everything and ray can be strong by just being you know nobody i mean i presumably that's how these families all started right the palpatines and the skywalkers and the kenobis i imagine right but jj it just seemed it just seemed like a thoughtful idea that ryan johnson had created for the last jedi was completely just shit upon in the force awakens which i just or pardon me in the rise of skywalker which i just really disliked it just that is some reddit nonsense and i just i hate it so much oh gosh that is easily by far the dumbest aspect of the rise of skywalker and I, i don't think i'll ever really like it i saw the movie again after i saw it the night it came out and knowing that it made me dislike the movie a little less i actually think i enjoyed it a little more going into it the second time but Still, that is just the easily the most dumb part of this whole movie. The kiss also as well, the end between Ben Solo, who doesn't have any lines after he turns to the light, which is really weird, other than Al apparently. But, you know, the kiss between him and Ray. you know, the, half the audience cheered, half the audience groaned. I was one of the ones who groaned. It's just, it didn't really fit for me. They seemed more like brother and sister to me. Maybe it was just in the heat of the moment thing, but it just, the kiss was seemed inappropriate and it really took me out of the moment, which is unfortunate because that's the climax of the movie. And then it is like, some unintentional comedy, I think, because he kisses her back, he smiles and then just keels over and dies. It's just, come on, I don't really understand. I'm not a huge fan of the, the Kylo Ren ending or perhaps the Ben Solo ending. I actually liked thematically how Ray kills quote unquote Kylo Ren. And after that moment, Kylo Ren is dead. And Ben Solo exists from then on out. I'm I'm completely fine with that, but I don't know. It's just that those are the two aspects. I, I mentioned this to Chris and Mark, and you'll hear it later on in the in the episode, but I mentioned to them that I liked 98% of the movie. The two percent that I disliked were Ray being a palpatine and the kiss. It is really, it is truly stupid stuff. Um, you know, I I would love loved for them to just roll with the Ryan Johnson stuff a little more. And they could have had the same storyline. Palpatine could have still been in this movie and Ray just not be related to him. That would have been fine, right? It's just because she's related to him, it's it just really ruins the whole idea of the force being for anyone to me personally. You know? And it, it just seems that it's it's not true and it's JJ basically saying, Oh yeah, Ryan, you like that I, I you like your idea? Well, you know what? I want Ray to shoot lightning at her for hands, you know? So, uh F you, man. You know, that's what it kinda seems like to me. But I'll get off that tangent. It just I would have loved for that not to be the case, but what what can you do? That is, it is now officially canon. Uh, la, and I think, like, there's some other stuff, I, I suppose, as well, but it's just... I feel like this is more Disney's fault than anything else, which is is simply that there should have been one director who did all three, right? You shouldn't have gone J.J., Ryan, J.J. You should have done all three J.J. or all three Ryan, for better or for worse. All three would have had a unified vision that connected from one to two to three, And it would have been, at the very least, more satisfying because there would have been no plot threads that had to be walked back, right? Because J.J. walked back things that Ryan did, who in turn, at least, maybe not walked back, but abandoned things that J.J. did in The Force Awakens. It's just, that shouldn't have happened in the first place, and I don't blame either of them for it. I blame Disney for it. So, what have you. It doesn't really matter. As I mentioned, I liked a lot of things about this movie individually. Just as a a cohesive whole, I don't know that I really loved it as a as a, story to, as a story told in the Star Wars universe, if that makes sense, right? Um, last couple things, uh, John Williams, absolutely fantastic score. There's a part of this movie, I believe it was something like he recorded, or wrote, pardon me, three hours, or close to three hours of music, and then they had to do some rewrites and some reshoots and some editing and so on, so he had to re-edit the music, and of course the movie is not three hours long, so there is some music that is not actually aired which is unwritten original John Williams Star Wars music, which is really cool. So when the soundtrack comes out, I'm sure that will be on it and I'm looking forward to that. Was really cool upon second viewing, hearing that, you know, be- Kylo Ren has the bum 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 bum, bum and it's 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 all performed by horns and brass instruments, like trumpets and trombones and tubas and French horns, probably. Right, a lot of those instruments evolve there. And then you, and then when he becomes Ben Solo, when Ra- Kylo Ren dies, you hear the same song but played with violins and wood instruments and, you know, string instruments and so on. And I, I thought that's really cool because it's the same, it's the same kind of music but just a little bit more more light side-esque, right? Sim- similarly, you know, Adam Driver, probably the best part of this whole movie. You know, I think he he changes his mannerisms and his facial expressions, even his fighting style when he becomes Ben Solo again. And I think that's really, I think it's a really good job. And the other characters did some, did, had some good acting moments as well, but I think Adam Driver was A, given the most to do and B, accomplished the most with what he was given to do, if that makes sense. And he was fantastic. As I mentioned, I feel like, John Boyega and Oscar Isaac as Finn and Poe, respectively. Yeah, they got a little more of their story fleshed out. Ultimately, it felt a little inconsequential. Like, it was cool to find out that Poe was a spice runner. It was cool, I guess, to find out that there were more stormtroopers who defected. You know, all that stuff. That was fine, but it it doesn't really matter all that much to the same degree that, you know, the other characters got backstory to. Of course, Rey and Kylo Ren slash Ben Solo are just more important characters, unfortunately, than Finn and Poe. The character that really got done dirty, though, is Rose. Whether you liked Kelly Marie Tran's character or not in The Last Jedi, whether or not you liked her, she was a character in that movie who had a lot to do, and by JJ basically sidelining her in favor of Dominic Monaghan and Naomi Ackie, I just it just seems kind of like they did her dirty because it it, it seems like it, it seems like JJ kind of capitulated to the people who. Were the most toxic, the harassing people who bullied Kelly Murray Tran online, who really disliked The Last Jedi. And look, if you dislike The Last Jedi, that is absolutely your right. I have no problem with people who dislike The Last Jedi. The people I have the problem with are the people who spent the last two years bullying people and calling other idiots and saying really awful things about people who did like The Last Jedi. Because we're all, we're all fans of Star Wars, right? We're all allowed to like what we like. I, I didn't exactly love the, the Rise of Skywalker. But if you loved it, I don't think you're stupid for liking it. We have different tastes. That's all, right? And if you dislike Kelly Marie Chan's character for because she's a woman or because she is Asian or something like that, that's not okay, right? And it feels like because J.J. kind of sidelined her in favor of these two random characters who weren't that important and who did things that Rose should have been doing anyways, it feels like he gave in to them. And that is not okay. That is not cool. I already think that J.J. J. Abrams is kind of like directorial I- vanilla ice cream, right? Like vanilla ice cream is fine. I don't really dislike vanilla ice cream. I mean, I'm lactose intolerant, so I don't really eat ice cream, but you guys get what I'm getting at, right? It's just, it's plain... He doesn't really have a lot of original ideas. I mean, look at all his best movies. Original Star Trek, Mission Impossible, The Force Awakens. Even, even, even that, uh, I'm, I'm struggling to remember the name. I don't, it wasn't Sense8. That's that TV show. But there's another kind of Steven Spielberg 80s movie. And, there, and, and he, he basically just copies Steven Spielberg's stuff for that movie. He operates in a universe that already exists for Mission Impossible and for Star Wars and for Star Trek, right? It's just he doesn't have a lot of original ideas. And I just feel like he was maybe not the greatest choice in the first place to get the final trilogy of Star Wars movies going, both with The Force Awakens and then to wrap it up with The Rise of Skywalker. I don't know. I, he's a fine director, but, get, you know, he, he can't be trusted to do these things because, like I mentioned earlier on, with any sort of scrutiny, the plot and the character decisions and the thematic messages of The Rise of Skywalker itself fall apart. I Like I mentioned many times, I loved many individual moments like that Ben Solo Han Solo with a moment with Harrison Ford when Kylo Ren quote unquote dies that is i think my favorite moment in any of the sequel trilogy movies truly i think it is because it is it's touching it made me think of my dad, who is thankfully still around, who my my dad took me to see Star Wars. There, uh, you know, he, he did crazy things to allow me to go see movies at midnight and to, to go to the very first convention that I went to in Indianapolis back in 2005. And it's just he has been there for me all the all the way. And it's just it made me think of him. So that was a really touching moment and so many other moments in this movie that I loved. But just as a whole, yeah, not the biggest of fans, but what can you do? It's it's out there now. Still the thrill of watching a new Star Wars movie in theaters. Honestly, will never get old. Actually, I'm wrapping up this podcast just a couple of days before Christmas, so I think I'm going to go see the movie in theaters for a third time with my siblings. That should be kind of fun, right? I mean, it, there's always an aspect of Star Wars, that I will always, like, despite the quality of these movies. So I think that part will never die, and I hope that... No matter how you feel about it, you keep that in mind as well because Star Wars is a really special franchise to me. And if you're listening to this, then I hope it is as special to you as well. Okay individual review of star wars the rise of skywalker i'm glad i got that off my chest but before we do anything else the content you have been promised the content you have been waiting for i have with me right now in studio mark gujon and chris morrison both of whom are my friends also my co-workers here at Sportsnet. These guys do some great content for the Sportsnet YouTube channel, Sportsnet at the Movies. Of course, they both have been on podcasts before. Uh, Chris used to be the host of the Top Turnbuckle Wrestling podcast, and Mark is currently the host of Rose to Rose, which is a Bachelor podcast. But even so, both these guys, big Star Wars fans, and I'm glad they have joined me here in studio to talk about Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. And guys, thank you so much for joining me in studio. And before we get to talking about The Rise of Skywalker itself, I wanted to get your, both of your guys' initial takes on the movie because everyone has that moment where they sit down you know, in the theater, they see the title crawl come up, the people in the audience, they start screaming, and that was my experience. I, I had a really good crowd to watch it with, but I wanted to get your guys. I know you saw it together, so I wanted to get each of your guys' takes. So Chris, let's start with you. Uh, I've
0: thoroughly enjoyed every second of this movie. Um, And the reason why I enjoyed every second of this movie is because I wasn't delusional in going into this movie and thinking that they were actually going to wrap up this nonsensical story that they had laid out with The Force Awakens. (laughs) I went in, Mark, you and I have talked about this, I went in wanting and expecting for Disney and J.J. Abrams to basically throw everything that they could possibly think of at the wall and just hope it all stuck. I was ready for Force, Ghost, Anakin Skywalker, Hayden Christensen to come back. Uh, I was ready for Jedi battle, like Force, Ghost, Jedi battles in some sort of way. To me, I went into this movie and just like... Kylo Ren said in The Last Jedi, when he was with Rey in, in Snoke's throne room, and he said, let the past die. Just let it go. And I went into this movie, and I let go of The Force Awakens. I let go of The Last Jedi. And I didn't go into this movie thinking this was the, the completion of the Skywalker saga, which is what Disney was touting it. Right. The, the, let's not be fooled here and there's nothing Disney can say, J.J. Abrams can say, Mark Hamill can say, or you two can say, the end of the Skywalker saga was Return of the Jedi. I agree. Okay. Right? So I went into this completely blank slate, and I was blown away, and I left the theater a happy guy.
2: It's true, he did. Uh, My initial reaction to watching the movie is, okay, for every time I go and see one of these new ones, when the opening crawl comes up, I tear up. doesn't matter. Doesn't matter my, how tired I am, my excitement level for the movie. I always tear up when I see the initial crawl and the John Williams score. That's guaranteed. That happened. Uh, I was watching the movie. I was never upset while I was watching the movie. I wasn't like, oh my God, what am I watching here? Uh, there were some things I really enjoyed from it that I still enjoy. And I left the theater thinking, you know, I had a good time. That was fine. I had similar expectations to you where I was like, I'm not expecting this to wrap up a 42-year saga. I do want it to wrap up this new trilogy, potentially, but like, I think you're insane if you were like, oh, wow, somehow they're going to tie this to episode 2 and episode 5 and episode 7. Like, right. you, there's no way it could have done all that, and I didn't want it to. And I left relatively happy with a lot of gripes, I'd say.
1: I think there were probably, I follow somewhere in between the two of you guys, you know, I think there was a lot of moments individually I liked, I don't know how much I, I don't know how much I enjoyed the story as a cohesive whole, right, but I think for the most part there were probably like like 98% of that movie I absolutely loved. You Know, came out of the theater with a big grin on my face. I've seen, I managed to see it twice now. I went to go see it on Thursday night, then I went to go see it again uh, using uh, my scene points because I, I had the day off the following morning. <laughs> so I went to go see it again on Friday morning after I had, had some time to sleep on it. But so you
2: have 12 hours between showings?
1: Oh, well, that's a good question. I think, uh, let's say, I, I went to go see it at 7 p.m., and then went to go see it again at 11.40 a.m. Wow. So just uh, about, I
0: guess. Right? <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking about going to see it after we, we, we get done wrapping this Oh, okay. Yeah, because it's playing at the Carlton, apparently. And it's oh, like that would be fun. seems like every half an hour it's playing. So. Really? Okay. Yeah.
2: Oh, I should say, compared to your screening, I think we had a pretty muted audience. It was
0: which quiet. I, which I prefer. Sorry to jump in. I prefer a muted audience. I don't want any clapping or any cheering. I used to hate that when the prequels came out. Right. And people would do that. Like, dress up and all that stuff. But once the movie starts shut... <laughs> right. Fair. I yeah. think it's. I think it's
1: fair. Yeah. Fair. I. I would say. I think the only times people actively cheered were because we're we're discussing some of the spoilery stuff here. I think obviously the the opening crawl and the when the music the fanfare kind of comes in, everyone in the audience cheered. And I think the only other times people actually exclaimed audibly during the actual screenings were probably when Palpatine shows up at the very beginning, which, I mean, was probably, what, like two minutes into the movie, right? Five minutes max, right? It was not a... They did not wait to reveal that, right? I definitely thought they would, but they did not hold back with that. And then I would say probably when Kylo Ren actually says to ray you're a palpatine and i could hear people kind of audibly gasp in the crowd which was, i have to admit was pretty funny was it gasping or groaning i think you know what there are a couple there were definitely a couple of groans but there are definitely a lot of people being like oh oh my i knew it, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which i i made it, made a couple of people chuckle and then i think the last thing that really got people and again, I think this was a, the audience was seemed to be pretty split on this. So I'm interested to see your guys' takes on this as well as the Palpatine thing. But when uh, Ben Solo and K- Ray uh, kiss at the end of the movie, and a lot of people seem to be
2: again, the audience was pretty split. I found yes, I think uh, I mean, I know from sitting between our friend, our mutual friend James, and my wife. Both of them were making a similar face of uh, I want to say just dis- not disgust <laughs> to the to
0: the Palpatine or to the to the kiss, kiss to the kiss. I there know. is
2: certainly uh, trepidation to accept the moment, you know.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I accepted the moment because in the Last Jedi, there's a, a moment when uh, they're in Snoke's throne room and Kylo has got his hand mm-hmm. out and uh, and he's basically saying to Ray, "You're nobody in this story," but not to me. And when he said that, I was like. Whoa, here we go. Here's a love interest right. starting right here and among the Poe at the end of the movie and, and uh, of course Finn from from the Force Awakens. So, didn't really I didn't mind that at all. It worked for me. Uh what was the the Palpatine stuff if we are we're talking about her relationship yes, yes, being yeah. Palpatine's granddaughter. Once again, it's like I I think you and I are on the same page that I didn't need another Skywalker trilogy. We had six movies and and that that wrapped it up you know maybe the the prequels were you know serviceable at best <laughs> that's a
2: good word right
0: but uh i yeah i didn't need her to have any sort of allegiance or any sort of uh connection to any of the characters but uh seeing as how disney is saying that this is the part of the skywalker saga it kind of makes sense because everybody in this these six movies has some sort of relationship you know like boba fett has a connection to right. this whole thing so uh so to me it made sense and uh, i don't know if jj J. abrams had a directed all three movies mm-hmm. maybe he would have had well he definitely would have had that second movie maybe to explain and go into it a little bit more
1: i think if i had to if, if i had one criticism of all three movies And it is perhaps simply, and I don't even think this is really criticism of JJ or if it's a criticism of Ryan Johnson, really at all. I think it probably maybe is a Disney criticism. It 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 feels to me like if if one, and this is why I bring it up because you touched on it here, Chris. If one director had been in charge of all three, whether it was JJ, whether it was Ryan Johnson, whether it was somebody else entirely, it doesn't really matter, right? Whether if it was just one person and Kathleen Kennedy was when the story group was above them saying okay here's what you got to do and you can you can accomplish this visually and thematically however you want but you know here's the story go through with it i feel like the sequel trilogy as it's seemingly now been dubbed would probably have been received a little better o- only because i feel like the last jedi spent some time kind of going away from what The Force Awakens did. And then I think, I I feel like The Rise of Skywalker then subsequently spent some time going back to that, right? And I think, I don't have any really inherent issues with that because, you know, the directors are allowed to do whatever they want. But at the same time, it it does feel a little uh, disjointed at times.
0: Well, like, you guys are a little bit more in tune to the whole movie scene. So correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, from what I've heard, George Lucas, actually, I don't know, maybe if you said this, like, George Luke, Mark, George Lucas had like a story for these three movies, right. and he presented that to Disney when yeah, Disney bought it, and, right? And then they said, "Nah, you know, <laughs> nah, we don't want that. We're gonna go with our own our own thing, right?" Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I really think that that is part of the problem with this, and I saw it coming. And so, again, that's just why I look at this this movie. I look a lot look at it a lot like Revenge of the Sith. You can watch Revenge of the Sith, and you don't even need to watch the other two movies. Right. Like, sure, you're going to miss out on the pod race and the Darth Maul thing from the first one, but you don't really need to watch the other two because you can, you've got the Clone Wars, you've got Anakin and Obi- Obi-Wan's relationship, you've got Anakin's love affair and what turned him into to want to join the Emperor, turning into Darth Vader, the battle between him and Obi-Wan, Yoda's actually good lightsaber fight with Emperor Palpatine. And that I look at this movie like that. Like you can, you don't even have to waste your time. If you didn't like the other two, or if you like the other two, then fine, watch them. But you don't really have to watch the other two. You watch this one. You can you get the gist of Kylo Ren he killed his dad, um, you know, and then you've got Ray training to be a Jedi. So you actually get to see her train, uh, and then you've got some really cool moments with the uh, you know them fighting over that Star Destroyer. I just wish they would have killed Chewie in that one moment. Oh, man. Like, somebody needed to yes. die in, the, in <laughs> right, this movie. Right.
2: I think that's, like, a missed opportunity. Like, one of the things is that, uh, okay, if this is the last one of the big story, I do kind of wish they were like, okay, this is the last one. Let's put some stakes in here. You kill Chewie, what, like, 40, 45 minutes into the movie? Like, I'd feel that, Right. And you kind of knew that he wasn't dead based on how quickly they moved away from it. I was like, whoa, they don't care about Chewie dying at all. And I was like, I bet he's alive. And then he was alive. So I'm like, okay, cool. That makes sense. Then you're like, I wish he had just been knocked off, right? Especially if Ray accidentally kills him. Like, that makes her a lot more interesting, right? Yeah, I agree. I agree. Totally
1: agree. I think one of the aspects of that, which I perhaps was a little surprised at, was that the consequences of those early things seem to not really matter, right? So Chewie, he dies, and then, what, 15 minutes later, it's, oh, okay, it was a fake out. Chewie's actually alive, right? Yeah. And then, and then C-3PO gets his memory wiped, and you're like, oh, that's so sad. Another OT character. And then he gets his memory back, and it's like, oh, that didn't actually matter really at all, right? I think right? The other thing, too, I think was when Rey kill, kills Kylo Ren, and he comes back, but at the ver- at, at least that thematically works for the movie because, you know, quote-unquote Kylo Ren dies and Ben Solo is back. So that I can, I can look past that for sure. But those two things, especially maybe because they concern two of the only remaining original trilogy characters uh, at, the, at the point. I mean, we know Carrie Fisher at the point in that movie was still around, but of course, you know, in real life she had passed away, so it's hard for them to work around the footage they got. And we'll get to the Leia thing in a bit, but, yeah, I just thought that the consequences – were lower than I thought they'd be, I guess, for yeah. sure.
0: Yeah. And I, and I think too that this movie, this series, I think, suffered from having too many characters and too many arcs to have to explain and right. to fulfill. Whereas when you look at the original trilogy, you had Luke, Han, and Leia. And those were the only three really, you know? And they spent a lot of their time in those movies together, together as well. Yeah. Or yeah. it was two and then one sure. was off doing something
2: else. Yeah. I do think that, uh, As far as uh, characters go, with like too many characters, I think Finn, in the overall in the trilogy, not just in this last movie, but Finn might be the one that got shortchanged the most. Oh yeah, because really, after the Force Awakens, I left being like, I really like this guy. He's a Mm -hmm. former stormtrooper. It's cool. And then, you know, we all know that in Last Jedi, which I'm a big fan of, but his storyline is inconsequential at best. And then in this, he's just kind of there again. He's just a soldier. You know what I mean? Like I think that that's a a wasted opportunity. But that goes for probably to your point. Show about there should have been an overarching. At least you know, here's three plot points we want you to hit every movie just to get from right. point A to point F. You know, right?
1: Right. I think the the one uh, point F for Finn. Uh, I think Finn uh, I meant to do that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Totally, totally came out as planned. But uh, Finn, Finn always really intrigued me because he. Uh, Right. His, his storyline in The Last Jedi was pretty inconsequential. And the only real part of that I felt emotionally involved in his story was actually when he kind of... Cranks Phasma in the face, and she and he falls over. and she says, "You're scum," and he says, "Rebel scum." Because that whole, as much as I admit, I did not really care for the Canto Bite sequence. I feel like it was integral for Finn because he really buys into becoming a rebel in that scene, and that's why he kind of throws his lot. And then you know later you see him willing to basically suicide into the the the, the you know portable tank cannon thing. Yeah, right. So I I really like that, but again, they, they didn't really pay that off really in the Return of the in, in Rise of Skywalker. Pardon me. And I just. But you know what? Enough of all the negative stuff. I okay. I I think I think we we all know now where the three of us stand on this movie. But Mark, you mentioned when we started that you liked aspects of this movie, right? And I know Chris loved a lot of the movie as well. And yes. I, I did too. I, I have to admit, there were a lot of. I, I said ninety eight percent I liked. So of the new aspects of this film, the new characters, the new locations we got to see, maybe some of the fan servicey moments because there were there were definitely some fan service moments. But oh man, if yes. You, if you had to pick. Maybe let's say two moments. Which wh- what would you guys point to being the highlights of the of the of the film? Okay, we'll go
2: back and forth. But uh, I loved, and this is not a joke, but I loved when they were putting back Kylo's mask. Okay, which is something thematically I hated, but <laughs> when they put it back together. They don't have a human doing it. They don't have <laughs> even a Star Wars creature doing it. But it was a monkey, an, an Earth monkey, an Earth and monkey. I, I couldn't have been happier. And I leaned over and I was like, "That's a monkey. It's just a monkey." Like it was, uh, it was Caesar from the planet. It was insane. Is. I loved that. Uh, no, I did like uh, I did like the actually sticking with the creature stuff. I loved the um, like the Burning Man aliens. Oh, like I, I loved I loved the look of all of yeah. them. The babies were cute. I was like, "This is a actually." A world in Star Wars we haven't seen that I'm I'm into. I would I'd love to revisit that in another trilogy or whatever they end up doing.
0: In terms of uh, like the alien species in these movies, I doubt it's. Definitely, and you talked about the monkey putting Kylo's uh, helmet back together. What about Babu Freak? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Babu Freak was <laughs> He's awesome. a hit, eh? He's awesome. <laughs> I would buy, like, a little Babu Freak stuffed animal with, like, you know, you press it and it speaks or something like that. He
2: looks a lot like, um, did you watch the Dark Crystal prequel no, series? No, I haven't. I have okay, not. there's a character named Hup, and, okay. and, and Babu Freak is really similar to Hup. And if you like him, then I would I would check out Hop compilations on YouTube or something. He's great.
1: <laughs> I, I think my favorite part of Babu Freak was when C-3PO, kind of his eyes turn red and he, he's speaking in kind of like a horrifying, like he's possessed or something. And it's like his kind of warbled language and he passes out and then Babu Freak, hey, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I have to admit, the, the entire theater, myself included, burst out laughing. I think he, he would probably be a candidate for me for my favorite kind of surprise. I really liked Zori Bliss. The, oh. the kind of bounty hunter character whose you know past is intertwined with pose yeah i I thought she was really interesting. Carrie Russell also played her from the americans she 's a fantastic actress, but can you believe
2: they didn 't show her face
1: i was I was kind of surprised like when she presses her visor and it kind of goes away and you see her eyes yeah. I thought okay she 's going to take the helmet off at some point, point. and then she never does, right and I thought that was kind of interesting. It was very for for a franchise that you know makes a lot of money on characters like Boba Fett and 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 helmet helmeted mysterious
0: characters. Yeah. I
1: thought Zoria Bliss was a, a nice addition. Yeah, very yeah.
0: cool design. I like that a lot. She kind of reminded me a little bit of uh, Princess Leia when she goes into Jabba's palace and sure, she's yeah. dressed as Bausch or Boosh or whatever right. it is. Like that was like sort of similar to me yeah. with Carrie Russell. And I didn't I could barely tell that that was her.
2: I mean, if basically. I didn't know going in that it's Carrie <laughs> Russell, I would have never been able to. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. I, I knew just because I'd
1: seen the casting, but I mean, you know, I'm not sure how much I could have told just from her eyes, basically, right? Yeah.
0: But Wonder, she... Wonderful get a backstory with her and, and Poe. There's probably the There are probably like, 70 comics.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah, this... yeah, comics. And then, look, I'm sure a Disney Plus series has also been already been
2: ordered, right? Yeah. <laughs> at, <laughs> at this point. I would yeah. watch it. Her yeah, spice running do. days. Yeah. We um, get Oscar Isaac on board, too, maybe. See, that would be great. That's where you got to flush these guys out. Mm-hmm. Disney Plus, I'm down. Yeah. Um, my second thing that I liked was specifically the fight where Ray passes the lightsaber to Ben Solo. Right. And uh, he beats up the Knights of Ren. So it's always going to be intertwined with something I wasn't a fan of, the Knights of Ren. Only because I feel they're like a wasted fan servicey type thing, like you were saying. right? But like, uh, I-, I loved that though. I like that both... The Last Jedi and this movie are pushing the Force forward, and like not afraid to just do new things with it. Because I can't stand when people go, "How come this can happen in this movie?" Because you could never see that before. And it's like, look, man, in Empire Strikes Back, Luke pulls the lightsaber toward him in the first in the first act at yeah. one point, and I'm sure no one was freaking out then. They probably yeah. thought it was sick. Yeah. So why not, right? Are you guys caught up on The Mandalorian? Yes. You have both watched yes. all the available episodes. So
1: it's funny because the, the most recent episode of The Mandalorian came out the night before Star Wars came out. And that aspect when Rey heals the serpent, I think I feel like it was supposed to be really cool. And all I can think of was, oh, I saw Baby Yoda do that like less than 24 <laughs> yeah. hours.
2: Yes.
0: Ago. Yeah. Baby <laughs> Yoda's the, stealing yeah. the show.
2: <laughs> One of the story story producers, guys for Lucasfilm, tweeted out Hey, if you're gonna go check out Rise of Skywalker, you might want to watch this episode of Mandalorian first. Just a little little connection. Mm -hmm. And that was it. And I was kind of like, I wish I didn't really have that. You're right. It would have been a great moment to to just be like, oh my God, the Force is healing someone? And another aspect, too, of the whole Force heal, I I did like a lot of the the new Force powers
1: because, yeah, you guys made a good point. I mean, the Force is supposed to be this grand, mysterious thing that no one, even the Jedi, really understand, right? So I've been watching Rebels for the first time and I just watched an episode where, like, I, you guys both—you you both watched all the episodes, oh, not big all time. of them—but
0: I'm pretty, pretty well, like, caught. Like, I'm like at the flat Like, Ezra is is got the green lights. Okay, okay. and stuff, yes. Yeah,
1: so. the, the, well, there's some aspects where where Ezra meets these wolves, and and the, it looks like he traverses space time and all all sorts of like, really crazy like sci fi stuff that goes beyond anything I think I would have ever expected from Star Wars, and, and that, that's really cool. So, uh, in that same vein, I think it's cool that jj J. abrams and the rest and ryan johnson and so on have, have implemented these new ways of using the force because i mean i don't know these movies existed for so long i might as well add some new things in there right yeah
2: instead of just oh i can jump really high yeah <laughs> and, and
0: who's to say that like oh i mean maybe george lucas has said this but who's to say that back when he was creating star wars empire and jedi that he didn't want to do something like this but couldn't do it because he just didn't have the movie making sure magic yeah, totally. at that time, right? So now that you have all this advancement, like, this is what I wanted out of the uh, prequel trilogy. I wanted to see crazy things. I wanted to see the Jedi jumping really high, or, like, the stuff you see in Clone Wars and, and, and Rebels, you know, I wanted to see that stuff. And, and Disney, you know, to their credit, is, is trying to do that to, for you.
1: I, I did really think it was funny that after, basically, Anakin turns to the dark side, more or less to find out the secret of keeping people alive... And you see maybe maybe the whole, the, the kind of, not joke, but the, the irony behind it is that maybe it's not a dark side power, right? I mean, because you see Palpatine clearly through some means was kept alive and he's attached to this like giant... Like I don't even know what that thing was. Some it was like a crane. Thing. It, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was a giant crane, I guess. That just was uh, even off camera, it was so big, right? And he was hooked up to all these tubes and vials and all this stuff. And then Ray kinda just like puts her hand on a guy's chest and heals him almost instantly and he's good as new. I just thought that was kinda interesting because no, I don't I don't necessarily know if I buy that it invalidates Anakin's whole journey, but I do think that it it kind of lend some context to that because maybe the reason they never founded it with the dark side is because it's not a, it's not a dark side power, perhaps.
2: It could be like a, I've kind of considered it, like she's the true, you know, when they say you're going to find balance in the force, is she and Ben Solo were essentially that, like actually striking a balance and maybe that's kind of like, right, right in the convergence there is where you can, do crazy things it's like good word. You know. I like that word convergence. Is that a word? <laughs>
1: yeah, it is. Oh, thank yeah. God. But yeah, you can like raise people
2: from the dead, right? So no one's been able to do it if they were too far on one side. Because actually, in Rebels, they there's the um, what's that guy's name? The huge guy that came oh, the Bendu. In, the Bendu. Right. He's all about right in the middle. That's where that's where the sweet spot is in the Force. And maybe that's what Ray found.
0: And if she is uh, a descendant of Emperor Pal- Palpatine, mm-hmm. then maybe she can heal. Because that was one of the things he also talked true, about, right? right? Yeah. He was keeping keep, that was his his pitch to Anakin was I'll keep uh, Padme alive. I'll show you how to do it if you join the dark side, basically. And so you know, if she's a Palpatine, then she can heal. That's true. She's as strong, virtually as strong as Palpatine, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, so, I get behind that. Yeah. I mean, I, I like that there are multiple potential explanations for it, and I'm sure. I feel like I'm sure what we'll see some perhaps resolution to a via an expanded universe novel a a tv show there's a rumor that dave filoni is creating a new animated tv show so maybe maybe more on that we don't know you know what i mean like there's there's so many avenues for disney to explore and i'm sure disney plus will be a big part of that because i mean you know they paid a lot of money to launch the service so i'm sure they want to utilize it a little bit so did we (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) yeah right yeah exactly that's a good point now you know one of the aspects i found really interesting and it, it almost feels like this is the year of Adam Driver. And Mark, you and I have seen a lot of other Adam Driver films just beyond Star Wars, right? Marriage Story came out in theaters, The Report. Yeah. He, you know, He's getting a lot of Oscar nomination buzz, maybe even Oscar win perhaps come February or March. So in this movie, I, I feel like he was the actor who gave the most
0: or got the most, maybe I should rephrase it, out of his performance in this movie. Is that fair, do you think? Yeah, I I would say so. I mean, uh, I would say over the course of the three films, he was the most interesting. Outside of like, I really liked Ray as well. I didn't really care. I I got over quickly. I think the fact that she didn't train or like that whole thing, like she didn't train oh, I enough. See, yeah, yeah. Like I was kind of like when you do watch Star Wars, like Luke really is just there's a ball, and he's you know yeah, and then he's suddenly amazing. Yeah, it and, didn't and, bother me. Yeah, and yeah. you didn't see him train to be able to pull that lightsaber out of the snow, right? And you thought it was cool, so. Um and then of course now that she's a Palpatine it make uh, kind of all makes sense but um no I thought Adam Driver was one of my favorite parts especially in the Last Jedi just where he smashes that helmet yeah. after Snoke dre- dresses him down and he's like well I'm gonna go out there and yeah take over now right and it, so I really enjoyed Adam Driver
2: I thought he was great I would have liked to see him a little more in this one that because they put him back in the mask right mm-hmm. and like. I mean, Adam is so good, I just feel like you don't want to impede that, but you also have to sell merch, which I understand. I'm not saying that like facetiously, I just really you know you have to sell <laughs> yeah. toys, so let's put yeah. a mask back on him. I do think that this was also Daisy Ridley's best performance as Ray. I yeah. thought she was good, yeah, and before I you know, I was always like, yeah, she's fine, she's Ray doing her thing, but in this one, I was like, she's actually hitting some higher notes, you know, yeah, I would agree with that, I think so for sure, I think she did a really good job. That the, the scream she lets
1: out when she thinks she's killed Chewie, oh man! That really, maybe also partly because I really like Chewie, but that that got me, man.
2: Yes, and sorry. The thing that I love the most in this movie, and it was like the most uh, uh, character moment I think, was when Chewie found out that Leia died. Oh, that's right. Chewie w- let it out like he has never let it out before, and it truly touched me.
0: And he got a chance to sorry. do that because, like, kind of with with Han, it was like no, like his his roar was kind of like. As I imagine yeah. it would be, no, and then you start shooting. But this one, you really got... Yeah, because he feel. was able
2: to take action in that moment. But with yeah. Leia, he's just like helpless, and he was like, I lost Leia. And I, I loved that. I loved that so much.
0: And I,
1: I know, I really liked that a lot, too. Chewie, uh, you know, as one of the... We mentioned before him and C-3PO, and of course R2, but the as like three of the kind of only remaining characters who got to do new things in this film, I thought they were given good send-offs, right? I mean, C-3PO... He was, he was really underused in the first two movies and I thought actually when, that, when it was clear they were going to involve him more with some kind of funny cutaway lines or throwaway lines, he, I wasn't sure if I would get annoyed by them because I admit I was not a big fan of those same lines in the
0: prequels, yeah. but I actually thought it worked pretty well in The Rise of Skywalker. He was a standout for me in this one. Yeah, he got a lot of screen time in this one.
2: Maybe at I the, uh, maybe at the <laughs> uh, sacrifice for BB-8 though. Oh, yeah. What happened yeah. to BB-8? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then they, what was the new one called? Dio. Dio. Yeah, I could have done with that Dio. Yeah. <laughs> I loved 3PO in this movie, though. Yeah.
1: See, th- 3PO was great. I thought it was a nice kind of return to form. He had a lot of funny moments. What, what, right before Babu Free kind of takes his, takes his, turns turns him off and he goes... I just thought of something else, and then he just they just yeah. they splice his memory so out. Oh, man, I felt yeah. kind of bad for him, but at the same time, it was, it was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, last couple things, uh, Leia. Carrie Fisher got her, finally got her send-off in this movie, and we knew but going into the film that she was... Obviously, she had passed away, and that J.J. Abrams and Kathleen Kennedy and Disney had all said that they weren't going to recast her. They were just going to kind of work the scenes around the footage that they had, unused footage from The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, and... All things considered, I feel like they did a pretty good job. I mean, I think there were some scenes where it was clear—it was clear it wasn't her, right? There was a, like, for example, there was a point where, you know, when when uh, Leia reaches out to Kylo Ren slash Ben when they're fighting, Ray and her, him are fighting on the ruins of the Death Star, and she's kind of facing the camera, but it's kind of shrouded in darkness. Yes, right. And I mean, that's not Carrie Fisher, right? But it could, I mean, it could not a <laughs> right, been. right? But at the same time. I thought for the footage they use it like for the most part made sense with the dialogue and the and the scene transitions and all that stuff put together.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean she should have in my opinion she should have died. In the last Jedi that would have been the perfect way to right. let her go whether she died in real life or not. Um but I did like what they did and I like I liked that she was underneath the the uh like the blanket I guess, right? And uh, and she reaches out and 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 helps turn Kylo Ren to Ben Solo. And, yeah, I thought it was good. I wasn't really too hung up on that, though. Like, I really didn't... It really didn't bother... Like, because I didn't have a problem in uh, Rogue One, how they, they CGI'd her. Right. And I didn't have a problem with Grand Moff Tarkin being yeah. CGI'd. I thought they looked good. Uh, and even when they, they show that part where she's training with Luke, right? Yeah, right. It looked you know? like it
1: was immediately after Return of the Jedi almost, right? Yeah. yeah. And
0: it looked, it looked fine to me. Like, I... I And again, I didn't really, it didn't really matter to me. I wasn't really focused on these older characters so much. I wanted to know more about, and I was more concerned with like the Rays, Kylo's pose and and Finn's and such. Yeah.
2: I I mean, it's an uphill battle, but I think any audience member knows, you know, she was dead and I, they did the best they could. It was tasteful. Like we've seen, we've seen movies deal with uh, like hurdles like this way worse, I think. Sure. You know, I was like, yeah, you know, you give it a bit of a leash. You're like, yeah, it's fine. You know, like, what do you expect? They're not going to write new lines for her. So I-, I thought it was fine. And I did like the idea of Luke training her. I liked, uh, I-, I assume if she was alive, they would have shot a little bit more of her being a mentor to Ray, Right. Like as a Jedi. I-, I thought that was a good idea. It's too bad they couldn't explore it. It's Obviously not on J.J. Abrams. I thought that was good, though.
1: So where did you guys stand? This is the last thing. We'll we'll get off the old characters after this. But I think my individual favorite moment from this entire movie, at least for me, was when Harrison Ford appears in in Ben's memory, yeah. and he got and and Ben. I mean, it's because it's not a force vision. It's just Ben basically. I feel like thinking. Backed on his dad once he realizes his mother's passed away. Yeah. And he basically gets a chance to, in his mind, redo the moment from The Force Awakens. The way he would have done. The way Ben Solo would have done, I suppose, is the the thematic message there. And I really like that. I thought that was individually my favorite moment of the whole maybe
0: not even maybe just this movie maybe even the whole all of these three movies perhaps all together well yeah and it's like even the the beginning of that whole thing where Ray is is in the throne room and then the door opens and, mm-hmm. and uh, Sith Ray is there right like I thought that the whole lead into their their battle that whole lightsaber fight I love how she just like Finn comes running like Ray as he did so many times in this freaking trilogy and then she just <laughs> pushes him away. And it was just the two of them. And and they explored even more stuff with the Force where, like, she stopped him yeah. from swinging and right. stuff like that. And I, I I was talking to my dad because he saw it the night after we saw it. on the, So he saw it on the Friday night. And he said to me, he said, man, that scene with Kylo and Han Solo, that was, like, pretty emotional. I thought about you. And I was like, yeah, I thought about my dad too, you know. Or I thought about uh, you as well, you know. And um, I, I loved it. I thought that, um, like, I know that he's just supposed to be a memory. Uh, so I thought, like maybe don't give him, like, the Force ghost, like, glow, but maybe make it look like he's not, like, because he looked like he was right there. Right, yeah, yeah, You know, yeah. so I was like, the only criticism I, ha- I would have of that is maybe make it look like he's kind of faded or something. Sure, like, yeah. You know, but.
2: Yeah, I was a big fan. I mean, like. Of all the cameos we expect to get, you know, we we had everyone on the board. Yeah, We were like, oh, Liam yeah. Neeson's going to be in this. They're Hayden, gonna... Hayden yeah. Christensen. We both desperately wanted to see Hayden Christensen. We got his voice. Yeah, yeah his voice. That's yeah. a win right there. Yeah. The last person I expected to see was Harrison Ford. Absolutely. I can't imagine what they paid him. It was worth it. I'm really happy <laughs> they did because it was a true surprise. Yeah. yeah. And they didn't yeah, leave was... many of those based on all the trailers and all the like promo for this movie man it was like super touching i loved seeing him
0: and it's funny like what you when you talk about the trailers too for this movie is like i remember when i watched the trailer for uh during halftime of the monday night football game and i was watching it like and i was like really underwhelmed and i thought man they're really holding out like this trailer kind of sucks right like there's probably going to be some massive like you know, moments with guys coming back. And as it turns out, like, it was pretty much the movie. Yeah. The trailer was the movie. They really showed
2: (laughs) pretty much a a little piece of everything. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So then, how did you guys feel about
1: the? You mentioned we heard Hayden Christensen and we heard Liam Neeson. The whole, I, I think, in the credits they were listed as the the voices of the Force. I think is whether how it was listed or something like that. The something like Jedi, that. Jedi, yeah. uh, something like that, right? And it was, yeah. and and it, and what really surprised me about that because you can clearly hear Liam Neeson's voice. It's a pretty distinctive voice. You can hear Hayden Christensen's voice, and I think he, I would argue, he also has a relatively distinctive voice compared to the other male voices that spoke. Right? Yeah. And you obviously hear Yoda. You hear. Uh, Luke, of course, I think we heard Mace Windu, I think we heard in that as well. Yeah. And then I, I was looking at the credits, and it looks like, you know, Ahsoka speaks, it looks like Kanan Jara speaks, who is a character from the re- from Rebels. Also, I feel like, because I only started watching Rebels, I feel like that's a bit of a spoiler, because he's clearly dead now. So That's true. <laughs> yeah, you did just spoil Rebels yeah. for people. <laughs> yeah. uh, if you're spoiling Rise yeah, of yeah. Skywalker, they'll be fine with Rebel <laughs> spoilers. But you know what I mean? Like I, But at the same time, I really like that they got all those characters in there, because it also looked like there was some other kind of, I don't want to say random, but it also had some lesser uh, important Jedi, like Adi Gallia was a voice in there, apparently, oh, okay. and Luminara was a voice in there, and, you know, Ayla Secura, yeah. and so on. I know, like, Ayla Secura, <laughs> even I was like, Jesus, they got everybody <laughs> they for really, this thing. They really mind the, uh, the voices there, and I don't know if there were any of them were super distinctive outside of the ones we all know and love, but, yeah, I want to get your guys' take on that. Were you, were you a fan of them, including all these uh, Jedi from the past?
2: Yeah, especially since we were expecting like a way more ham fisted way to get all these people in there. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was I thought it was a really restrained take on it. I liked it a lot actually. It was one of the things in the movie I really enjoyed was mm. that just heard the voices. We don't need to see as much as we wanted <laughs> yeah. to see the ghosts like high fiving and firing <laughs> up their lightsabers and you know, like I wanted to see Liam Neeson and Freddie Prince Junior like like buddy up for this thing. But no, this was much better. Uh it was a it was a good touch, I think it's one of my favorite things that J J Abrams did in the movie, because it 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 kind of brought in a lot of uh, it was a good way to tie in everything, which we I said I was not expecting, and it was nice at least to have a nod to things even beyond the trilogies, but to have the shows involved and yeah stuff like that. I like that.
0: And speaking of like nodding to the the shows like Rebels, we've mm-hmm. mentioned a bunch of times. That was one of the things i really enjoyed about this movie was um it's it's not they didn't call it malachor in the movie i forget what they called it but it malachor in oh Reb- the sith the sith planet the sith planet A- exegol, like, exegol? exegol, exegol, exegol right and but it, it's malachor in right. rebels and that's where uh, spoiler uh, the rebels meet darth maul and then ahsoka has her her final battle with vader her supposed final battle um so i really loved seeing that and, and then even the inclusion. I don't, I don't know if they call it, a, again, I can't remember if they call it a holocron, but they, it's the holocron. They don't. They don't. No, they don't. don't. The Wayfinder, the, the Sith way- Wayfinder. Yeah. I know. Yeah. It's,
1: like, I'm sure
2: someone must have told J.J. Abrams, hey, we got, you know, like. <laughs> These pyramid-shaped things there. That must be Holodoss. a holocron you got there. He goes, nah,
0: <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> he just kept going. We have this streaming service <laughs> called Disney Plus, and on this streaming service, there's a cartoon called Rebels. Yeah, they- <laughs> everyone's going to know, man. Yeah. Just
2: call it a holocron.
0: Yeah. So I, I like the inclusion of that. That was one of my favorite favorite parts. And of course, the way the emperor looked, and and then how he got his his power how powers back. Or right, brought himself back, behind, mm, yeah. So. He, I have to admit, they did a good job with the special effects for that scene because you know, you can see his,
1: his, his he regrows himself and he gets the, I mean, he also regrows his clothes apparently, too, because he was like, he, Yeah, he Emperor's was having new clothes, the, the tattered, the tattered robes, and then the, uh, then groove. he has the, yeah, and he gets like the new red and his eyes are glowing and so on. But I, I really like that. Also, uh, funnily enough, about the holocron. Um, my favorite, or the Wayfinder. Pardon me. was that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they're basically the same thing, right? <laughs> Absolutely, they,
2: they're identical.
1: <laughs> there, there's a part I think right after Kylo Ren gets it, so he takes it out of the the vault. Which apparently I only learned I only learned a couple days ago that that planet is supposed to be Mustafar. Yeah. Did you guys know that? Oh, in the beginning. In the beginning, yeah. You know, that, that, red that Somebody planet. told me that. Like, yeah. What?
2: Come on, like, man. I'm, su- like, I'm
1: surprised they didn't. Like, and that was supposed to be the ruins of Vader's castle. Yes. Yeah. Where they found How
2: that. cool yeah. would that have been if that was actually part of the movie? You yeah. can't just do things in a movie that and not not discuss them at all and then after the movie go oh yeah that was that was moves to far. that
1: really important planet where Anakin does. right yeah. <laughs>
2: like like include things like this don't leave them in Fortnite dlc <laughs> you know storylines and don't don't make me read it in a tweet later yeah. like put it in the movie i think that's what bothered me about a lot of stuff in and, this though
0: and in rogue one which i think is the best disney star wars mm-hmm. movie in my opinion um they 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 spend a lot of time when they're jumping around from because they do that whole jumping around from planet to planet and they they like they put the planets names there when they do it so why couldn't they have had Mustafar's right. yeah, Mustafar, right. or something you know like yeah honestly know. just writing it
2: it would have gotten I mean maybe people would have criticized it as fan service though
0: right maybe, I yeah, guess it's, maybe you have
2: I guess if I'm looking at it from both sides yeah maybe they didn't want to seem like they were. You know, giving Chewie too many medals and right. things like that. Yeah, but this, these,
0: these three movies were all fan service. Like, it's I true. don't know. It's just like, let it go. It's that's what it is.
1: I I love I that Kylo ran at the end there, or not the end, at the beginning when he gets the Wayfinder. You kind of th- I thought to myself, oh boy, he's gonna like use the force to unlock uh- this thing, <laughs> and then he goes to his ship and just jams a bunch of USB. Yeah, puts cables the aux cord in. To, yeah. Like, oh okay, that's how you get to Exegol uh, <laughs> <laughs> apparently. I have to admit, I like I. Laughed aloud in the theater when I saw because it just, it just, the movie cuts from him holding it to them, it just sitting in his TIE fighter with a bunch of cables sticking out. Of uh, like, <laughs> did he just destroy this thing? It's probably like a thousand years old or whatever.
2: The least cool way to use this <laughs> Jedi prop, plug in a USB. What did you think of the uh, Chewy metal thing?
1: I, you know what, I, I liked it. It was kind of fun. Although I feel like, was that a metal, was that Leia's metal that Maz was given to him, giving to him? Did Leia have that? one? Yeah, because she she had it looks like she was holding one when she when she when she passed away when she, she or was one on the table next like on the thing next to her or she was okay. holding it in her hands and then Maz when she's Maz, when she fades away after Ben dies Maz is holding it. And then you see it again when she hands it to Chewie, oh. um, which also I liked. But also when I saw it the second time, I caught all those little things. And I was kind of like, oh, it makes it a little more morbid for me if Maz just like took this from Leia's. But maybe she would've, Leia would have wanted her to have it, I guess. So. I had no
2: idea about that because, yeah. yeah,
0: we only saw it the one time. And I guess I was busy thinking about Leia dying. Well, <laughs> so I wasn't speak- able to pay attention to what was on the table. <laughs> no, that's like, true, though. M- maybe Maz is used to this, though, because she did have... Uh, Anakin's lightsaber. That's right. Which was lu- passed down to Luke's. And when Luke lost that lightsaber, his hand was still attached to it. So, like, could you imagine her finding that <laughs> and then having to peel off Luke Skywalker's sick. hand? Right?
2: <laughs> finding all the Skywalkers at their lowest moments and just picking up their belongings yeah. and making her way with them.
1: All right, so now that... Now- <laughs> I'm just picturing like (laughs) Luke's hand floating through like the upper atmosphere of Bespin and she's like, oh, yeah, this is great. Good. (laughs) (laughs) Fine. Running into Darth Maul's lower torso, lower (laughs) lower half. Oh, man. Okay. Now that now that the Rise of Skywalker is out, we've seen nine Star Wars main trilogy movies. How would you rank them? How would you guys? I know, cause I know. I saw you both kind of tweet about this a little bit, and you have your your rankings. Yeah, we did rank I, I, them. I have, yeah. I have some rankings of my own, but I want to get your guys. This will be what we finish on. I want to get your guys' thoughts on how how the movies uh, finish up now. Ranking that we
2: all nine, all of them, and, and okay. let's and we include. Let's include Solo and Rogue One as well. Oh, okay,
0: yeah, okay. So you want to go first, Mark, or do you want me to go?
2: I don't know where I placed the spinoffs. Can I, can I right, skip leave them, 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 them? I like them both, them though. I will say I'm, right. I'm a solo fan, for sure, just so to make I. sure everyone knows because yeah. that movie gets a lot of hate. Okay, uh, I'll start. It okay. was Empire Strikes Back, A New Hope, Last Jedi, uh, Return of the Jedi, number five. Oh, number five, obviously. Yeah. Episode one, Phantom Menace. Um, then I think Force Awakens, and then rise of skywalker revenge of the sith and then a whole ton of space and then attack of the Clones. (laughs) okay fair enough yeah
0: i go empire strikes back uh star wars i don't even like to call it a new hope it's star wars okay seymour's Um, a lot older than us yeah Yeah. (laughs) return of the jedi and then i'm gonna go i'm gonna include the uh the ones that aren't attached so go rogue one and then i'm gonna go the rise of skywalker uh I think this is the best. Outside, if we were not talking Rogue One and Solo, it's it's the best Star Wars movie of the last 20 years. Um, so Rise of Skywalker, I'm going to go Solo after that, and then I'm going to go um, uh, Phantom Menace. Hell yeah. Revenge of the Sith. And then I'm going to go um, Force Awakens, Last Jedi, and then uh, Attack of the Clones.
1: Okay. Uh, well, we can agree that Attack of the Clones is at the bottom then. But Attack of the Clones is by far and away, I would put the holiday special even, to a certain extent, above Attack of the Clones. I haven't seen that. You get some
2: joy from watching the holiday special, at least. You know, whether it's like you're laughing at it or not. There's
0: something to it, at least. Attack of the Clones (laughs) does not have any joy at all. No, I haven't seen the, the holiday special, actually yeah you can probably you can can skip it i (laughs) I was like i still can't recommend it at least i don't remember seeing it i don't know (laughs) you've never seen it if you don't
2: remember it yeah it's 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 you it's you'd remember it's (laughs) truly bad i think
1: my rankings i have to write them down my rankings are uh i'm gonna you know mine are actually the same as yours the first three chris uh, empire star wars uh return of the jedi so those are my top three uh and then i i think i'm gonna go the last jedi at number four and this might be, I don't know, it might be ridiculous to say, but The Phantom Menace, I think, would squeak into the top five for me. Yes, me too! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We have
2: the same top five, a, a little order different, but same top five movies. I just,
1: I i know The Phantom Menace has some problems with it, and I, I rewatched it, I re all the movies in preparation for The Rise of Skywalker, and, like, there's some outright racist characters <laughs> in, yeah. in The Phantom Menace, yeah. and there's some story beats I do not care for, but... I, I don't know why, I can't really explain it, but uh, The Phantom Menace beyond, even beyond far, heads and shoulders beyond uh, Revenge of the Sith for me.
0: Well, oh yeah, the same. reason, one of the main reasons why that movie stay is in the top five, I don't know wh- if you're including Solo and, and I think it drops out, but right. uh, if you're not including Solo, the reason for me is like it's it's high up there is that it, it's, there's a nostalgia. Like when people in the 70s went to go see Star Wars and line up for these movies, I I was 19 years old when um, when uh, The Phantom Menace came out, and I lined up out overnight outside of a theater just to get the tickets. Right. And believe it or not, I wasn't the only one. There was like 500 people in Richmond, British Columbia doing this. All right. And we were like, you know, tossing footballs around, having beers and stuff like that. And it was just a bunch of Star Wars dorks lined up to get tickets to this movie that would eventually <laughs> be won considered one of the worst even though in this room we all seem to like it yeah um so i think like it it benefits from a nostalgia for me as to why i keep it right right up there also darth maul is badass yeah he's awesome there you go yeah he's a big part
2: of it for sure i love
0: (laughs) obi-wan too yeah Oh, yeah,
2: sorry, wait, you didn't hear the rest of your radio. Oh, well, no, I
1: think, well, the other ones, I think, they're all, I feel like the other, after the top five, you could probably talk me into changing the order. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, I think for, like, if I were to go right now, I'd probably go number six, The Force Awakens, number seven, The the Rise of Skywalker, uh, 8, Return, Revenge of the Sith, and then 9, Attack of the Clones. I, I left out Rogue One and Solo, but they'd probably be higher than... They'd be somewhere in the middle of that list for me as well. I think I think not in the top 5, but they'd probably sneak in there in, in that 6 to 9 range somewhere, I would I would probably say. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I think I'm, based on how I'm feeling, that I feel like anything after 5 can change, but I didn't... After seeing The Rise of Skywalker, I was kind of hoping maybe it would sneak into the top 5, but I, I liked a lot of it, like we were all saying, but I don't know that it knocks out any of the originals or... Those other two as well. Yeah. I mean,
2: also, there's no shame in a movie not cracking that top four or five. Like, we've all grown up with, like, in our top three or four, we all have the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you know what? Nothing's going to bump that. It would take a miracle. Yeah. Like, I have Last Jedi above Return of the Jedi, but still, like, I can't see a movie coming along where I'm like, that was so much better than A New Hope no way. Yeah. It's probably not going to happen, right? So it's like that's fine. Until they remake a new hope in about uh, 25 years. Right? Oh, <laughs> okay. Another
0: 25 years we get another a new <laughs> yeah. hope, so we get four of those movies. <laughs> Jeez. Like could I you imagine, imagine a new hope? <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine a Disney movie in the Star Wars universe ever beating Empire Strikes Back? Probably not. No, like there's no way, right? Yeah. Like
2: No, I don't I like, don't think so, yeah. Yeah. It'd be foolish to ever even hope for that, and I think some people go into these movies thinking like, "Well, you know, it's a Star Wars movie, and I love Empire Strikes Back, so I better love this just as much." Yeah, I think that's insane.
0: Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, I
2: totally agree with that.
1: All right, let's let's leave off on this then, because we 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 ranked our movies, we we've dissected the Rise of Skywalker, we talked a little about the Last Jedi. Going forward then. I mean, I it's I don't think anyone is is silly enough to think that Disney's just not going to make another Star Wars movie. They paid billions of dollars yeah. for this franchise. Maybe maybe not another main story movie, maybe not one with Rey and Poe and Poe and Finn, but perhaps more spin-off stories, perhaps, you know, a story set way in the future, way in the past. What well, if you guys had your way? What would you make what would you, if you were Kathleen Kennedy, I'm promoting I personally and Bob Iger, I'm promoting you guys both to be uh, in charge of Lucasfilm. What are you making as your Star Wars well,
2: movies? First of all, thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank you. I would I think I wanna see either something a thousand years into the future beyond the Skywalker trilogy, or five thousand years before. Like I wanna see even before the old republic. I want to see the beginning of Truly, like the Force and like the first Force users, and the j- people even becoming the first Jedi. Like imagine the first right. Jedi and That'd like cool. the yeah. the guardians of the the temple and the wills and all that stuff. Right. I would like to see like the real nitty gritty of the Force, like almost like in a religious take. Then we can hear it. Then this movie could be called the first Jedi instead of the last Jedi. Yes, we can, uh, yes, <laughs> a little exactly com- completion there.
0: I, I would. Uh, I I wouldn't not love to see. Ray and Kylo get back on there again like I really I I really love both those characters so if and when Disney decides to go back to that I'm totally fine with it because I can separate it it has nothing to do with the Skywalker saga but I would like to get see them go away from that big time um I've said this when Solo came out I thought there was an opportunity to do like a a Solo trilogy Mm -hmm. not necessarily involving Solo in all three but, like, I thought you could start with Solo and then maybe have a Calrissian one for the second and then maybe end with Maul and Kenobi and tie it all sure. together, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, I thought it would be cool. But I'd love to see, like, Dengar, Greedo, some Bounty Hunter movies. I really enjoyed those type of swashbuckling, shoot 'em up one-off movies. So any any more that they can throw at us uh, is the better. Part of this whole thing, though, and one of the great great parts of this whole thing was the fact that for – for three movies, like six years, right, We, you, me, and, and our friend James and your wife and, and your brother all got together, and it was like a holiday to go see these movies. And that's the one thing I'm going to remember the most from these Disney movies is the fact that we got together as friends. We went. We enjoyed it. Yeah, I groaned when Princess Leia used the Force to pull herself back in, in <laughs> right. The Last yeah. Jedi. <laughs> but you know what? That's the one thing that I'm going to miss from, from if they don't decide to... Uh, put out movies for the next 10 years or whatever it is. Yeah. So I really hope they keep going. I agree.
2: That's been the best part for sure. And like, even in Star Wars Celebration, when we went into Chicago and like, show and like, you know, you and your cousins, we all got together and talked about what we love about Star Wars and it's very wholesome moment. But like, I remember that. And I love going to the movies every year. It's like, we book it off from work. It's a whole thing. Like, I I just like the community of it. So despite being disappointed by this like latest movie, I got what I wanted out of it still. And like I'm not I'm not mad about that.
0: Yeah.
1: I would agree with you guys. I, I went to go see the movie with my cousin who you met in Chicago. Uh my other cousin who you know, who left the convention a couple of days prior, but he he's a little older than me. He's about 45, 46, and he also grew up with the movies himself, and he loved it, and we got home, and I, I called him after the movie was done. We were on the phone. He has three kids and a wife, <laughs> and I was just, and, he, and we just, like, talked on the phone for 15 minutes about the movie and that kind of thing. I'm going to see him on Christmas, so that'll be a lot of fun. So yeah. I think that's, that's a good w- way to end that because I think... I think Star Wars will always be remembered, no, not necessarily for the Han shot first and the and the edits <laughs> of the originals and you know spinning. That's let's try spinning. That's a good trick and all these <laughs> di- all these different moments, right? I, I'm sure. <laughs> Pick the best line. Yeah. Uh, hey, look, I, I that, it's lampoon so much, but I, I think it's hilarious oh personally, and uh, I, I just even though that is what people make fun of it for, yeah. for me, I think that the community aspect of it and the family aspect and the friend the friends aspect of all that stuff. You know, us three talking about it and going to bars. I know you guys won the Star Wars trivia night over at Hemingway's
0: a couple betcha. of months ago. Sure yeah. did. Oh yeah. <laughs> and we're we're gonna repeat this this next year, right? I don't want to promise anything okay, well, <laughs> We're defending we're gonna defend the time. Yeah, we promise, will, we will over
1: deliver, right? That's yeah. the that's a typical thing. I mean, yeah. But no I'm thank I appreciate you guys coming on the podcast with me. Thank you so
0: much. Yeah, thanks for having thanks for having us, man. Thank I you. enjoyed it.
1: Well, that is it from me and from us. Thanks again to Mark and Chris for sticking around. I really appreciate it. Those guys have a lot going on with their own friends and their own family. So I I really appreciate them sticking around to chat with me about Star Wars. Always good stuff talking to those guys. That's really it from us on this episode. And uh, that's it from the Showtime Movie Podcast for 2019. When we come back in the new year... We will wrap up the Oscar discussion. I haven't gotten to Uncut Gems, haven't gotten to Marriage Story, haven't gotten to Knives Out, Jojo Rabbit a couple other blockbusters as well, like Terminator, Dark Fate, and Maleficent 2. We're going to get to JoJo, Knives Out, Anka Gems, and Marriage Story, though, first when we come back. Those are the kind of relevant movies in the Oscar race, and I'm sure by then we'll have seen Little Women. That comes out in theaters soon in 1917. So we will get to all of those movies, but not until 2020. Thank you so much for your year of listening to the Showtime Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Show, as always. I love talking to you guys about movies. I wish you the very merriest of Christmases. If you don't celebrate Christmas, happy holidays. Have a happy new year. See you guys in 2020.